it is a major day for earnings after the market closes today, about one hour from now. We're going to hear from Google, Microsoft, Spotify, Visa, Enphase. There are things that we love and hate about pretty much all of those companies. But today, we're looking at a different company, a uh, company that some people might describe as pure evil. Their entire business model seems to be based on stealing from other companies and copying their products, or at least that's what numerous companies have alleged in lawsuits. They they seem to have settled most of those claims, and lately they've actually gone on the offensive suing other brands for patent and trademark uh, infringement. All of that aside, though, there is something that we actually like about the company. It's stock. Today on Dumb Money, we're going to tell you what the company is and decide if we like it enough to invest before they release their quarterly earnings this afternoon. You're listening to the Dumb Money Live podcast. Hey there, Dave here along with Chris and Jordan. We are Dumb Money. Welcome to Dumb Money Live. Quick reminder to smash the like button if you haven't done that already. It lets us know that you're paying attention to what we're saying right now. And it also lets the almighty YouTube algorithm know that uh, we're we're still doing this. We're on the air. Uh, and Chris Jordan, before we reveal what the company is that we're talking about, I think we should do a transparency check. I have not yet invested in this company. What about you guys? I have invested in the company. I also want to apologize because earnings are today. I, I had the earnings date marked down wrong on my spreadsheet. I meant to do this episode a few days before earnings, not on earnings date. Um, I, before I even get to Jordan, I think it's really important because it is an earnings day trade for us. We're not financial advisors. I'm going to be repeat here. This is a trade that I made um, on my research. You guys are welcome to listen to this episode, do your own research, whatever you can the next hour. And, and do make whatever decisions you want, but do not place a trade based on the fact that we place a trade. Uh, there is yeah. one. I, this, a major this is what risk. the three of us are doing. I, and I haven't, and I don't know if I'll even have time to do anything. Uh, but yeah, this is definitely based on our risk tolerance and not yours. And uh, as, as they say, <laughs> not financial advice. For real, though. Like, I, yeah, I, I, mean I have, not, I have not, not bought this stock and probably will not. Really? I'm interested to hear both you got your guys' opinion on why you haven't gone in. I, listen, this is not a high conviction trade for me. It's a it's a medium conviction trade. Uh, the number one reason it's not a high conviction trade is that we have Google earnings today. That I think yep. you know those earnings are going to pretty much dictate what the market does overnight and tomorrow morning. And I think regardless of what this company does tonight. I think it could be overshadowed if we get a really bad report from Google. That makes me really nervous. Um, that has allowed me to temper how deep I went into this trade. It just is what it is. That's the environment we're in right now. It really stinks for social art because we're in a market that's super volatile. It's driven by macro type of information. You know, Google's an individual stock, but they're certainly some uh, the type of company that the market's looking to for larger macro trends. And that's dominating this market. It makes these trades like today really tough. But I still thought it was worth taking a shot on. Uh, what's the stock, guys? If you haven't figured out, has anyone in the comments figured out? It's not that I don't hard. Think, no, it's not I, I haven't seen anybody put it in. No. Yeah. It, it, I, I haven't seen anyone who has guessed it yet. I, I've hated this company from the moment I saw that they completely ripped off uh, one of your your favorite shoe brand, Jordan, that you wore for years, right? I wear Toms one, every one. day of my life. I wear them every day. Yeah. Still they, to this day, I wear, created, that's what I wear. When they created Bob's, which were essentially identical to Tom's, and then they, well, they're a little different, but they made... They, they did the same exact offer where it's like buy yeah. one and we'll give a pair to someone in need, which is kind of cool that they're replicating that. I'm fine with that. But the fact that they called it Bob's, could they have least this, this is the original it? Tom's just, just if you, if you're not familiar with this whole concept, this is Tom's and this is Bob's dude, honestly, <laughs> is there anything more disgusting to do as a company? When I saw that, I was like, who is this? What are they thinking? You, and they call it the same four syllable, a name of a person that's fake, right? Okay. And it is not even, that is not the only thing. Here is here is their uh, duplicate of uh, the Nikes. There's there's the Nike and there's the Sketcher. <laughs> we, we can keep doing this. This is, this is a new balance. Here's the new balance. Here's the Sketcher. Dude. Here's the, Dude. Uh, here's a Nike company who has sued them there's the sketcher 
I mean, it's they have they're appropriately named Sketch, right? There's another Me? Nike. There's the Sketcher. Me doing a long trade on Sketchers is like Jordan going long on like a nicotine company or someone that he hates or like a tobacco company. Right. So like it's really something I don't want to do. And it's definitely a short term trade. But here's the thing, guys. Look, look, Sketchers... look at this. Look at the Star Wars uh, collab. Now, look, Star Wars must side, have sanctioned this but to, to do business with bands and also Sketchers with like a very similar concept. It's, tra- it's crazy. It's 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 actually wild. And the shoe I'm about to talk about, I guess New Balance did a version of the shoe that is is wanting caused me to invest in Skechers this quarter. So Skechers is a company that trades at like a seven, seven and a half PE, really low PE. Um, they've been growing for the past 10 years. I think com- we were just talking about this. They're com- growing compounded 10% annually, but their stock has gone pretty much nowhere. And I think the reason for that is because of this brand that just, it doesn't hold a lot of long-term weight, the brand. And I imagine Wall Street is just assuming, kind of like Crocs, that it's just a matter of time before their entire business model falls apart. Because I don't think anybody is like, it's not a beloved brand that people are gonna buy because they love the brand. I think people are buying it for value and comfort. That said, comfort is king this year. It's been king for about five years. And the comfort trade keeps getting bigger and bigger. Um, we've been talking about it for, for years now, we're talking about it all year this year. Um, comfort is still winning right now. And, and Skechers, if you think about it, like they can they can forego all of the design resources, all of the R&D, and basically say, what's trending right now? Let's jump on that bandwagon. And whether we're copying it or if we're just yeah. inspired by current trends. Let me say they... something about Skechers. I don't even know where to buy Skechers. The last time I actually saw a pair of Skechers in person was that um, what was that? What was that mall store like? Fast Forward or something? Back. Well, they the have their own mall store in our. Oh, they do. They're they got their branded store. Okay. They have their own stores, Jordan. They're also huge online. Their e-com has been growing. Um, but they, they, listen, they sell Skechers all over. I don't think people realize. Do you know that Skechers is the world's number three shoe yeah. uh, company? in terms of size, that means that they have such insane scale that they could make their shoes cheaper, quicker. Um, Now, here's what's fascinating about that. Skechers has always been a high value shoe. The shoe we're about to talk about right now sells, for get ready for this, $90. And it has been selling out, okay? $90. So during the course of this quarter, I think it was early, early this quarter, or maybe very late last quarter, right? They came out with a shoe called the Skechers Slip-In, which just might be the laziest shoe in the world. It's essentially a shoe that you just put your foot in and there's no laces, right? So kind of like Hey Dudes, um, New Balance had their version of it. There's other companies that do it. But Skechers made what I think is a really ugly... (laughs) Ugly's in too, right? Um, The Slip-In shoe... What is magical about it for this company is that the concept of the slip-in just happens to be perfect for the Skechers demographic. The Skechers demographic, I believe, tends to be older, less stylish generally, right? Um, When I started reading reviews, and guys, let me tell you, I read through hundreds and hundreds of reviews for the slip-ins. They were, there weren't a ton on TikTok because it's not like a Gen Z trend. This is like a boomer trend that people were buying these shoes for that were boomers for their husband or for their parent, right? So these are shoes that people were buying for like their 70-year-old or 80-year-old parent because they couldn't bend down to tie their shoes. And they're supposedly super comfortable. They're machine washable. Nothing about this shoe is original. Other companies have done stuff like this, but yeah, again, I, say, I, I have Adidas back. that don't have like laces you tie. It's it's they they've run elastic through where the laces go. Dave, how much could the shoe that you just pull up possibly cost a company like Skechers to manufacture? That thing looks so cheap, and they're selling it for ninety dollars. This. Honestly, like this is a mega trend within the Skechers world. Okay. So these things are flying. I went to the Skechers store. I interviewed some of the salespeople and they're like, yeah, these things are selling out. It's crazy. 
right? Uh, they're getting prominent positioning on their website. The big question for me is one, how, to what degree can this single shoe move the needle for Skechers this quarter? And two, were they able to manufacture enough of them to really keep up with demand? And again, that kind of impacts question number one in terms of how much of the total Skechers uh, inventory were the slip in. And probably the third question is, what else is happening at this company that could be more detrimental right now than the success of the Skechers slip in shoe? So when I'm pulling data, I can't share it because it's like data that I subscribe to, but the web traffic for Skechers looks phenomenal this quarter. The G trends looks pretty good. Okay, pretty good. Um, you could see the G trends for slip-ins, Skechers slip-ins is through the roof, but there's not really a benchmark for that. Um, but generally, all the data looks really good for Skechers, but it is such a massive shoe company that does a lot of business globally. And the environment that we have right now, both in Europe and the environment that we have right now in China, uh, with the macro market being as volatile as it is, Google earnings this afternoon, really makes me want to kind of, you know, take down the size of my, of my risk on a trade like this. There's just too many questions. So I'm not calling it a high conviction trade, but there's no way I can't trade this, guys. This is a big, big deal for Skechers. And I think more likely than not, it's going to positively impact the quarter. We'll know in the next hour and a half. More right. likely yeah, than I mean, not. Look, now, I agree with you, and I agree with everything that you're saying. I... On a normal quarter, I would trade this um, alongside you. I, I would be along with them. I think it's a great trade, um, except that we've just had this, you know, big squeeze on tech stocks and retail stocks, and you know, I just don't know what's going to happen over the next few days. Maybe and Nike maybe last month melting higher. Maybe just the market's going to bring everything down. I don't know, but I just feel like we're at this weird inflection point in the market that I oh. I don't want to mess can, around. Can I say one more thing about the slip in Jordan? Customers yeah. love them. Like the, the whatever, when we say sure. word of mouth, again, these aren't TikTok kids, but like people that are, if you look at the reviews, people really, really, really love these shoes. Um, so they're doing exceptionally well for the right reasons. They're super yeah. comfortable. Um, and again, it's the perfect fit for the Skechers demographic. I don't blame you, man. It's, it's a tough making a big trade on a week like this week. When the market, we could wake up tomorrow morning and the market could be down a thousand points, right? Right. Like easily. Or it could be again, a thousand that, points. That I don't know. Like, I just don't know. And so I, you know. And I just know I, that I what we saw it. out of Nike last month was a low earnings and a forecast of a decline. And it brought Skechers down. It brought all of the kind of activewear brands down. And I think Skechers is... I guess they have shoes across a variety of different lines, but I, I think of them more as an active wear, casual wear. I don't think of them as like a uh, a designer knockoff brand, right? So I'm, I'm staying away from it. No, Dave, you, you're exactly right. And when I pull, you know, when I pull a web traffic chart of Nike.com, which just did, it's fairly flat going back two years, right? Um, I'm pulling the same chart for Skechers and I'm staring at it right now. What's really fascinating is that web traffic for Skechers in June was pretty much even year over year. Web traffic in May, let me take a look here, was actually down about 5% year over year. But something happened in July and web traffic in July was uh, meaningfully, we're talking about 20% up year over year. Web traffic in August was up like 25% year over year. Web traffic in September is up 40%-ish year over year. And then I'm going to look here, see if I can pull on, I'm going to pull October because I can get that granularity. It started to dip in October, but it really dipped last year. So in October, ready for this, guys? It's up like 60% year over year. So something happened starting in July, August, uh, excuse me, in, in, in July, August, and September. And now I'm still seeing it in October. And do you know what I think that is, guys? I think it's the slipping. 
I yeah, really if you, do. If you look at when <laughs> slip ends happened on Google Trends, that's ex exactly it corresponds with it perfectly. That that spike right there was July 17th and you're seeing traffic to sketchers.com going up July, August, September. Maybe it's a slip in. Yeah. I hey guys, I I I've traded Sketchers a couple times in the past. Um it's not like it's not like deck uh, you know, Uggs uh, and Hoka, where I've been trading them every season for the past yeah. 14 years. You're listening to the Dumb Money Live podcast. Um, now, I did see a helpful comment. So somebody just posted about how Skechers is basically like a trade down, right? So if you're looking at, you know, just inflation, that uh, they're, they're a substitute and they're generally, maybe not this pair of shoes, but most of their shoes are going to be less expensive than, you know, some of the other major brands. And so maybe Jordan, they're going to from that. You're absolutely right, Jordan, and and the stock really hasn't shown benefit there because of Nike. I think. Listen, Nike is obviously the world's largest shoe manufacturer. Skechers is number three. Nike came out and said they they ordered way too many shoes. They're sitting on them. They got to get promotional. That would naturally make you think that's going to be negative for Skechers because they might be in the same boat. And even if they're not in the same boat. The promotional activity of Nike is going to be a net negative for all the other shoemakers unless you have a hot shoe. So I actually do think it's kind of a negative for Skechers overall. I, the degree that this one shoe slip-ins can counteract that, I, I don't know for sure. But for me, I'm looking at Skechers thinking the bad news is probably mostly worked in because of that Nike information. And the potential good news of the slip-in is not something that I think Wall Street is aware of, from what I can tell. So I'm looking at a trade where the bad news is probably mostly baked in. The good news, since it's so recent, it happened in the quarter, right? Uh, Wall Street generally does not pick up on individual product skew trends like this quickly. So that's why I felt pretty good going into this trade. My biggest concern is Google, ironically. Like, <laughs> it's not even a shoe company. But I, I think that's my biggest issue with this trade is if Google messes with the entire market tonight. And I, that's that's scaring me. Not What's your prediction price. for Google's earnings? I, You know, I, I spent some time on Google trying to figure that out. And Dave, I've never been so unsure of a stock. I, if you made me, If you made me pick a direction, I'd probably say down only because... I feel like, you know, their earnings started to crack last quarter, right? A little bit, a little bit. Um, I do think there's probably, even if they had a good, decent quarter, I think they'll, I could see Google being hesitant with their guidance because of all the uncertainty right now. You're starting to see, you know, Amazon and companies kind of quasi warn about things, right? So it just, I don't know. I think there's probably more downside risk and upside risk, but maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I, I, I haven't spent that much time on Google. I just know there's risk, there's downside risk there. And the downside risk is not for Google, it's for the entire stock market as Google well, I mean, Google, right? So Google lets you get an eye in on the advertising. And so you get to see you know, what companies are gonna spend on their advertising dollar, because that's what like 90% of Google's revenue. Of course, yeah. So. No, I, 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 and listen, I think on Google, um, you know, analyst projections have come down dramatically. I want to say like 30 something downward revisions this quarter compared to like two upward uh, revisions and earnings. So, you know, the market's expecting kind of a down quarter, but it will be even worse than the downward revisions. I'm not getting in that game, man. Google's, Google's, it's tough. It's tough. To well, the out. other thing that you got to think about with Google. So um, Amazon came out and said that they're hiring. Are they laying off? Or are they doing a hiring freeze on uh, AWS workers? I want to say they're doing a layoff on AWS workers. Either way, it leads yeah. you to believe that maybe the cloud division is not expanding oh. or is not expanding as fast as it could be. And that could be a potential headwind for Google's cloud division. Yeah, I mean, it's not as big as like it would be for Microsoft or Amazon, obviously, but it could right. meaningfully impact earnings. Yeah. No doubt it can, if right. that's a net negative as well. It's another and, and headwind for alongside advertiser headwind. No, no, no doubt. It's, I, I'm seeing a comment here from, uh, hold on, from my eyesight just going down, uh, from <laughs> Geet, uh, someone did buy Skechers slip-ons for my... Somebody uh, couldn't find comparable good brand slip-ons anywhere else in August. Interesting, which is interesting. Um, 
So it, it seems like they, the slip-ons potentially are really differentiated. And it's not something – listen, maybe I'm biased because, you know, Dave, we, we've been so big into Hey Dudes forever, and Jordan, you have with, with you know, similar types of shoes – that we're like, why would you go get Skechers? But a lot of people are not aware of Hey Dudes because it's still super small brand, right? And these slip-ons are maybe one of the first things they're seeing that are that don't have laces that they can wear as like regular shoes. And they're not going to wear Crocs, right? So like they're not wearing Crocs. They're not wearing Hey Dudes. Uh, they're not wearing Toms, Jordan, because that's a too too much of a niche brand. So maybe Skechers is like, hey, we know the slip-on shoe trend is strong. And Skechers seems to be taking it to the world in a much larger way than Hey Dudes is capable of doing right now, right? Or Tom's is capable of doing or anyone else that's playing in this space. I mean, personally, if I'm not like playing a sport or if I'm not like running in an actual race, I'm not lacing up shoes. I'm slipping on. (laughs) I'm slipping on. It's either Flofers or Tom's for me. Flofers? <laughs> what are the Flofers? Well, I've heard of those. Who makes those? Foam loafers? Well, I, have, I don't have a set in here else I would show you. But they're a, they're Wasn't a it like a Kickstarter company. or they're, something that you backed? Yeah, they're a kick, they were a Kickstarter. Now they're a company. But they're foam loafers. They look like drivers. They, they've got, they're, on, they're on the internet. They're on the World Wide Web. Flofers.com. <laughs> <laughs> Not sponsored. Not sponsored. But I do enjoy the loafers. Hey, I want to explain something because we had a comment from Mark. Uh, Chris, can you talk about today's run-up in ETH and Outlook going into the rate hike next week? I want to be very clear. Some people don't understand how my mind works. I I am super laser-focused on things. I have a really difficult time kind of sharing, you know, or splitting my focus on multiple things. So when I decided to take a mental health break from crypto and from NFTs, it was real. And I just, I don't follow the sector at all right now. So I really can't comment on that type of stuff. I'm sorry. I, I am all in on equity-based social arb trades right now. It's all that I do. I spend hours a night doing it. Um, kind of like I was prior to getting into, you know, digital and NFTs and crypto last year. So I just can't confidently comment on any of that yeah, stuff. Yeah, if I were to, I, if I were to I, just like throw out a blanket answer on that, I mean, I don't know specifically, but uh, dollar down, so you know, all the tech stocks are up, and so is Ethereum, right? And so, <laughs> so why is it dollar down? Yeah. I don't know. So Lisa Autry says lots of ads for the midterms on YouTube. Interesting. So, may, you know, I was nervous about YouTube because, Dave, if you recall, wasn't YouTube weak? last quarter wasn't that the first quarter that youtube had a weak quarter yes and and i should have we we've seen that kind of weakness in youtube advertising um just from a creator standpoint all of our creator friends we don't run ads on well actually we we run ads here because otherwise if you turn ads off they don't show your content anywhere um we don't don't think they do we don't know that (laughs) we don't have enough viewers to uh to uh, be able to really judge the macroeconomic uh, impact of advertising revenue. Yeah. Um, I did buy some puts on Google for today, just so you know. Did you? Um, almost as like, I bought puts on Google kind of like as a hedge against all these long markets that I have going on right now. Yeah. That's a good market so, hedge. Yeah. I mean, listen, I'm, I'm long on running, I'm long Crocs. I am okay. long. This plays right into Peter long... Brown's comment. Enough shoe stocks already. Can we please diversify? I'm with you. I I haven't been playing the shoe stocks like Chris has. All right. Uh, let, let me just let me just say let me just say this, guys. I don't care what I trade. I will trade anything. It just happens to be, and I know this is. I want everyone to understand that I am pulling data on every single publicly traded company weeks before earnings report, right? Like weeks. So it just happens to be that the the kind of anomalies I'm finding in the data just happen to be shoe com- a lot of shoe companies right now. And, and so I'm not looking at shoe companies. I'm just, that just happens to be where it is, right? Trust me, I'm looking at every consumer company. I'm looking at B2B. I'm looking at everything. This is just where it falls right now. And thank goodness, I went all in on Crocs this year because Crocs has really saved my year. It was Lululemon after that. On running screwed me, but I think we'll have another shot at on running here in December when they report because, man, that data looks really good right now. I'm so showing uh, today, everybody uh, what Jordan's shoes look like. These are his floating loafers, foam loafers, oh, I guess. I don't like rubber shoes man i don't i so i use them like because i you know i boat right and so for me they're like a good boat slash pool shoe um because they're resistant to the water so 
they get wet. Who cares? Now, yeah. if I'm not going to be around water, then I Tom. That's when I go full Tom. Chris, um, you want to uh, talk about what uh, what we ended up doing with Decker? Yeah. Yeah. So I actually, by the way, I talked about today's episode in our Discord channel before today's episode. I talked about the fact that we're going to talk about Skechers today. I did the same thing with Decker. So if you want kind of early insight into what we're talking about in these episodes, the research channel of our dummy.tv forward slash discord. I talk about this stuff. And uh, this morning I put in my Decker's research from my mall interviews. I went to the local mall. I interviewed a bunch of salespeople at Dillard's, uh, Nordstrom, the actual UGG store, uh, Macy's. And what I found was pretty much what I already knew, which was, yes, the micro minis, the slip-ons, the platforms, you know, they call them the Taz, the slip-ons or Tasmans are all flying off the shelf, doing exceptionally well. The traditional, like high UGG boot, is not doing as well. But like, it didn't seem like it was that important. They were like, "Oh, we don't really get that many of them anyway now." So maybe Decker's already kind of knew that, and they're like positioning their inventory properly because that was kind of a concern for me. Like, if people are not buying the traditional UGGs, is that going to counterbalance all these shorter UGGs that are doing exceptionally well? So. I I didn't really change my investment thesis. I haven't uh, done a lot of store interviews on Hoka yet. I did sell part of my Decker's position. I sold about a third of it. So I still have roughly two thirds of my long position, which is a pretty substantial long position. And I don't know what I'm going to do between now and Thursday. I might sell more. My gut instinct right now tells me that I will have at least a third and maybe one half of my original position, which which represents millions and millions of dollars worth of Decker stock. So it's a, it's a pretty substantial trade for me. I had a pretty big win on the first third that I already sold. And I'm going to keep probably a third to all of what I have remaining going into earnings on Thursday. I might sell some more between now and then. I would say it's still a high conviction trade with the one exception of being the market. Screw it all up. I mean, it's the same thing. It's going to be the same thing from now yeah. until the end of the year, guys. The market's going to. Yeah, I, mean, I think you've to... got good data on these trades. I think you know you're doing the best with the data that you've got, and that's. But I'm not yeah, following. Totally. Uh, Mark, we are still looking to hire a creator. We're not. I wouldn't say. Yeah, we're looking to pay some amount of money for someone that's really good at creating short clips from our episodes for YouTube Shorts and TikTok, but we haven't found anyone that's really great at doing it. Um, you know, people have sent us samples and they're just not awesome. So if someone were to take our episodes and figure out a way to clip together a good 30 to 60 second cuts, yeah, we're looking to hire someone on a per per clip basis. All right. Um, what else? Any other questions in here we can get to? Oh, Somebody by was the way, guys. Generac, if we're wanting to get back in Generac. So that call no, everybody nervous because basically the, the consumer demand is falling off a cliff. So... That, I'm not that's touching it. If you remember from that episode where I talked about Generac being really interesting, I told you I didn't invest in it, right? I had no shares of Generac because yeah. I couldn't quite figure it out. Um, and I did not buy Generac. Um, and I'm glad now I didn't have Generac. I'm yeah. just staying away because there's nothing that I know about Generac that the market doesn't know at this point. So there's no social ROI opportunity there. You're listening to the Dumb Money Live podcast. You know what's interesting though? Apple earnings this week. Not that I'm trading it. I'm not. But um, Apple, if you do a just a search G trend chart on iPhone, you will see, Dave, on a five year global chart for the word iPhone, that it hit its biggest peak ever uh, this quarter. Isn't that Again, true always though? No, it's not. It's it it's definitely it's definitely not true always. If you look at the chart. I think here's a uh, five years search term iPhone global US. Global. global. Yeah. So what you'll see, Dave, it looks like is the opposite of what you just said, meaning the last two years, the spikes on search interest has been getting lower. And my gut instinct when the iPhone came out was that it was going to be higher because Dave, just, just what I was feeling and seeing, it felt like the interest level was higher. And the search chart certainly supports that feeling. 
Now, we, as we all know, there's been all these rumors about iPhone cutting production, right? Uh, demand dropping off. That could be true because, you know, China alone, right? That all the uncertainty in China could mean that Apple's having a tough time selling iPhones in China. All it's, not the just, uncertainty. it's not just selling, by the way. So, you know, we've got a potential for all sorts of issues when it comes to China. And part of it might be, you know, parts and labor and things like that, too. So uh, those haven't happened yet that we know of, but it could be uh, on the horizon. Yeah, but Jordan, I think like if we're talking about demand, like I, I agree, but it, yeah, yeah. like it seems I'm just saying that like... there's more to China than just, you know, than just the demand piece, which I do agree that's the piece that could have impacted by now. So uh, I think Apple Jordan came out with a pretty big warning last quarter about right. kind of supply and all that with China. So I, I think Wall Street recently came out with some analysis that thinks that based on what's happened the last four or five weeks with like products moving quicker out of China, that they're probably in a better position than what they warned for, if anything, more than likely, right? Yeah. I'm focused on demand. I, I would be concerned about China demand and Europe demand, but it certainly looks like in the countries we're able to track the interest, and that, that's not China, right? Uh, so that'd be the US and perhaps some of Europe and some of the rest of the world. The interest in this iPhone is up. Dave, also um, the interest in Apple Watch. If you, if you do the same five-year chart, but just change a search term to Apple Watch, looks really strong. Um, when I'm looking at web traffic, the web traffic spike is larger than it was last year. But here's the concern. On Apple.com, the, 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 the spike is higher by a small amount, but it seems to have come down quicker than it did with the iPhone release last year. So that might be the concern with initial interest being higher, but that interest maybe not sustaining, perhaps because of the looming recession and people being like, I want it, I'm interested, but I'm not going to buy it. I don't, There's a lot of questions when it comes to Apple's quarter. Did you pull that Apple Watch chart, G-Trend? Yeah, it, it's not, I, I don't see it higher than, this is uh, five years worldwide, uh, Apple Watch is a search term. It was bigger last year and it was bigger the I year wonder, before. What if... Um, I wonder what I was looking at. Maybe you were looking at U.S. Maybe, maybe it was maybe it was U.S. Maybe it's no, no, no. It's not it. Okay, so I, I take it back. I was dreaming. <laughs> well, that's a first. Chris admits uh, he was wrong. I was. Uh, how well, many I times have I admitted I was wrong? Quite a bit. <laughs> I admit I'm wrong. Okay. Um. Anyway, so listen. There's a lot going on this week, and probably the world is not really focused on. Skechers and Uggs and Hoka running shoes, okay? The Wall Street, that is. And I think investors at large are probably not looking at the stuff we're looking at. Does that give us an advantage this week? You know, maybe there's not enough eyeballs on the stuff that we're talking about here on Dumb Money. I don't know. But we'll see. I, I, I did to go do a little research. Skechers is one of those companies that does move on earnings. So out of the Last 12 quarters of data, the average uh, next day uh, on good news, it was up 8.7%. And on bad news, it was down 3.7%. So Dave, uh, I have been following every quarterly earnings for Skechers for the last, I don't know, handful of years. The one thing that I've noticed is that they generally, what they report, Wall Street had no clue what was happening during the quarter. Like they have, they will come out and shock you and surprise you on the upside and the downside. And that is, I kind of like that because what that tells me is that Wall Street and investors that are following Skechers generally don't have good read of what's happening, even when really big things are happening. And again, the data that I'm seeing on Skechers is pretty impressive this quarter, uh, but maybe I'm the only one seeing it because I don't think anyone else is talking about it right now. Uh, like I said, we'll know soon enough, right? We'll know in the next hour, <laughs> right or long. Wrong. We'll know in in thirty minutes. No, we'll see. actually, I don't That's know the I exact got, time they're releasing, but uh, yeah, you can see when th these green lines are when they've beat, and you can see it goes up, and these red lines are when they miss, and it goes down, but then back up. But that was. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll see. Any other questions we need to get to here, guys? That look interesting. 
I don't. Uh, well, let me see. Someone says they loved your credit card video and thanks for the stonks. What what, what credit card video did you do? Uh, I haven't done a. I haven't done. I haven't done anything on my channel for like three months because I was. I took the summer off and then I don't know what to do with that channel anymore. <laughs> but if you're... Uh, okay. Um. Finance Matters says he has 15 million subs. He runs channels for a living and he could help with the shorts. All right. Uh, DM us. Just email us. What, what's our info at dumbmoney.tv? Is that right? That's, uh, I think that might still exist. We had hi or hello. Can you hello. give an email address that you know, would actually work? Well, Dave at dumbmoney.tv and Chris at, the, the, I mean, okay. we, we've given those addresses out. You can, you okay, can just email so, us so directly. Finance, Send us your best right, edited horizontal, vertical video version of Dumb Money Live. And if we like it enough to use it, we'll pay you. We don't know what, we're, yeah. what how much we're paying or what we're doing, but... <laughs> Sounds fair. Sounds That's, fair. I mean, otherwise, I, I have just... Because on my other channel, I have uh, more subscribers than here. And a whole bunch of people have come out of the woodwork saying, oh, well, short form content's the, uh, way to, the wave of the future. If you want me to edit it, I do that. And I'm like... I responded to a few. I got some samples that were okay. Here's the thing. I think a short needs to be like the self-contained thing that from the first three seconds, you want to see where it's going to go. And it has to have a payoff. It can't just be like a, take the intro from uh, the Dumb Money Live and say, tune into our full show for the for the rest. No, it needs to be like a, a self-contained thought. Like, I don't know. And I don't know that we have that many self-contained moments on this channel. And the shorter, the better. Under 30 seconds would be ideal. Um, yeah, I agree. Uh, is it a good time to buy back into oil, diesel, gas again? Gordon, do you think it maybe has more to correct before you dip back into that? What do you think? Because you got out. I got out. You got out. When, when yeah, are you getting back in? Too early. Um, I don't know if people like oil right now. Look, I mean, there's enough turmoil and uncertainty with oil and gas. I mean... It's one of those things. It's like, you know, the United States is actually short oil right now. Really weird. And they're going to have to cover at some point, if you think about it like that, um, because they've been drailing, draining the strategic reserves. So at some point, they're going to have to fill this thing up. They're saying that they're going to be able to do it when oil is like, you know, $70. I, I don't know. I think uh, I think OPEC's calling their bluff there. I don't know. I mean, I'm not a commodities trader. I don't know exactly the ins and outs, all the things that could affect this. Um, but I, I'm yeah. not... Well, well, Jordan, I think the big concern is a recession. Right now. I wouldn't be short energy stocks. The big concern is a recession, right? Recession destroys energy right. prices. Right, so then you, um, you get demand destruction, right? But then I think, conversely, OPEC is you know tightening the, the strings right there, so they're going to keep the oil price high. Now, you know, if you have less flow through, then does, what does that do to energy stocks? I don't know what the correlation is there. Um, I don't know if it's more correlated to price or how much you know demand that they fulfill so that's where again i'm not an energy trader so i'm probably not about to ask this but uh, you know it seems like the the world is kind of short energy right now with both yeah. the war and uh draining reserves although i would think that if you are an energy trader you know that and that's already factored into the price right that's why everything's up maybe i that's i, I don't know that's a, a totally yeah, different I mean, world you could that go, i don't know go, and i don't try rabbit to... hole on this and like question everything that you could possibly think i just think that there's you know, we know for sure that you know we're draining the reserves to keep you know fuel price at the pump down so that means that we're going to have to refill at some point and so so sellers know that and so wouldn't they try to keep the price high as long as possible so they can make more when uncle sam starts filling up the tanks i don't know um by, by the way guys someone's asking me to pull uh web traffic reports year over year for amazon and aws uh and i will do that and tell you that amazon is down year over year amazon.com and it's a little concerning because what i'm kind of seeing is that they did that second prime day, right? Yep. Yeah. I'm getting like the tiniest little bump. It looks like that. Well, so what I was hearing about the second prime day is that people weren't buying big ticket items that they were buying like, you know, just little necessities. And yeah, people have kind of figured out the prime day is the time you buy Amazon products, but it's, it's not as exciting. People are buying like, you know, vacuum cleaners and iRobots and things like that. They're buying owned by Amazon. They're just buying junk that they need. Yeah. All the ring doorbells and, and iRobot stuff was on, a super sale because Amazon yeah. owns those brands. And yeah. if you play it right, you can, you can cash in on all of the random offers that Amazon offers. But 
I, I didn't see a ton of, I, I didn't see anything that I was like, oh, I have to buy this. This is the time. Yeah. And a, I just pulled AWS traffic and it's just about as, it's been flat for two years. It's really hard to judge anything because the traffic is so high on AWS. It's like, gosh, it's like 16 million visitors a week. You know, it's some insane, yeah. 71 visitors, 1 million a month. It's not showing enough to make a judgment call based on web traffic. What I look for when I pull web traffic are real anomalies, like exceptional anomalies, things that are just way larger or way smaller than past seasonal patterns. Those are the things that get my attention. So what I'll do is I'll go through every single publicly traded company, you know, weeks, weeks and weeks ahead of earnings and look for anything that's interesting. I'll mark it down. I do the same thing with search trends, right? I will view every brand and every product and I'll mark things down, right? And I'll do the same thing with Amazon ranking. And I'll do the same thing with social trends on TikTok. And then when I see things that are aligning between all of my data points, right? Like, oh my gosh, this is an anomaly on TikTok and on Google search and on web traffic and on Amazon traffic, right? Like, wow, that's when you really have something. And at that point in time, you want to try to figure out, is the market aware of this or not? And if no one's talking about it, well, that gets really, really interesting. And then you have to look for what else is happening at this company that could be way more important than this particular product or brand that they manufacture that's having an exceptionally good or an exceptionally bad quarter. And if nothing else seems to be happening that would, you know, supersede that, you know, piece of information, now, now we're cooking, right? And so that's kind of the methodology that we go through at Dumb Money as social arbitrators. And it's just, it's constant. It's every night I pull a few more. It's not like I do this all in one night. Every night I spend a couple hours and I just pull and pull and pull. And it's like mining for gold. You're looking for something to discover before anyone else discovers it. It's a lot of legwork. And, you know, that's what led to the Skechers conversation. Uh, so someone just asked, am I bullish on SKS? Yeah, I'm bullish on their earnings. Yeah, I'm, I'm bullish on them. Uh, and I'll know if I'm right or wrong here in about half an hour. I'm not as bullish on the market, though. I still am fairly hedged, guys. I'm like 50% hedged on the market at large. I also bought some puts on my Amazon, which are not working out so well so far. But to hedge my Amazon position, because my Amazon is just such a large long position and I can't sell it because I just it's all profit and I don't want to pay taxes on it. <laughs> so it's just... Uh, GameStop, uh, man, I don't understand it. I don't understand meme stock. It, I don't get meme stocks in October of 2022, but there's evidently still a pretty it, large investor base. Yeah, I mean, look, I, you, I think there's such a big short interest on this where you know, somebody's got to close their book on it that that's going to squeeze the heck out of the stock, right? Because, I mean, it doesn't trade, so at least not yeah. what it did. Like if you look at a one day chart of Bed Bath and Beyond, it's up like twenty five percent today. That looks really impressive. But I mean, it's yeah. it's not anywhere close to where it was when these right. things were just like the talk of the town. Yeah, I mean, that's what happens when you have big short interest on stocks. I mean, they're going to get squeezed and they're going to go down. And they're going to go out. It's a disaster, right? So that's why I, that's why I avoid them, especially at times like this. Like you can't mess with those things. You don't know what day yeah. it's going to blow up and what day it's going to squeeze. I'm starting to get to that point where. You know, earnings are coming up in 15 minutes. I just get, I start getting nervous. Like I just, <laughs> I, I have that same feeling that I've had for 20 years, every earnings report that I have any type of sizable. It reminds like, me of how nervous you got when you were milking cats for a living. Thank you, uh, Alex, for that, for that I, I, I flashback. I was never nervous about that. Thank goodness I sold all of those cool cats, except for two of well, my two favorites. That whole cool cat roller coaster ups and downs and I... <laughs> Ended up selling them for almost exactly what I paid for them. But now I do have those two that I love that are down 90% probably from what I paid for them. This is why I don't, guys, I'm, I'm, I'm a mental health break from NFTs. You cannot ask me about NFTs. Thoughts on uh, Airbnb, potentially negative earnings. Lots of reports of COVID flippers and renters liquidating out of the market these past few months. No more travel demand in those areas. I've, I've seen that on, on Twitter, people talking about, how their Airbnb properties have have gone unrented for way longer than typical. Yeah, I've tripped. I've tripped into uh, the Airbnb bear community. Uh, Texas Runner is she the one that you've seen? Uh, she's pretty bearish on Airbnb overall. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, I, you know, like I said, I mean, some things you don't have to trade everything, you know, like I don't have an opinion enough to be convicted that it's going to go down. So I just, I don't touch it either way. Yeah. I, 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 I'm not, I don't have an opinion on Airbnb at all right now. I'm yeah. not, I don't have a long or short opinion. I haven't done the homework on them. I do not know. My Airbnb properties are doing pretty well here in Dallas, but they're not, they're not vacation. They're not like destination oriented. It's more like, you know, temp workers and people that are in for a week or a weekend yeah. uh, here in Texas. Have you changed your mind on Tesla? The IRA will allow for unlimited demand here in the States. China dropped prices, which will increase volume as well. Man, I, I just yeah, don't I mean, have a know, great... It's one of those things that dropping prices means one of two things. One is that it could stimulate sales, which is obviously why they're trying to do it. But it also means that there was a reason that they had to drop prices. And so, you know, I'd be careful there. I would just tread lightly on getting I... too narrative-y on Tesla. I think probably the best thing for Tesla is that Elon is likely done selling stock, right? Because he, he has sold all the stock he needs to, in the short run at least, to fund his Twitter acquisition. Yeah, maybe. Now, yeah. I still think the whole Twitter thing is a huge <laughs> distraction for Elon when he really probably should be focused on Tesla right now more than ever. Um, I don't have a long or short vibe on Tesla. I just don't know. Yeah, what is it down? It, it went down 50%, right? Um, it's back up like 10 of those. So call it down 40%. I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not touching it. I'm not shorting it. Or, well, I'm kind of shorted through the XLY, but I, yeah, I, I don't, there are just so many variables with Tesla that you have to look at. I don't love it that Elon is probably more political today than he's ever been. I don't like the concept of a CEO scaring away half the market as a political stuff, but Tesla can do fine. They can do great despite that. I, I'm only trading things that I have really good visibility into, and it might sound kind of stupid that we're focused on shoes, but the thing about shoes is it's really simple. Uh, it'd be even simpler if there weren't so many sizes that you have to take note of, like when you're doing your research, but shoes are shoes. Like they're either trending or they're not trending. They're either selling or they're not selling. But that's the um, problem with the shoe business. And you just said it, it's inventories, right? Because you have to have so many different sizes. Um, it ends up being a big issue. And that's why Lulu, you know, isn't jumping into shoes. That's why Under Armour had such a big nightmare with shoes. Um, you see all these companies that try to jump into shoes and it just doesn't. And work that's why well. I like Tesla better than shoes. <laughs> I, if you were to put, if, yeah, Dave, I agree. If you force me right now to buy either a shoe company or Tesla. Yeah. Skechers or Tesla. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep my Tesla, Tesla stock I because I, 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 yes, dude, we're in a slump right now. We're down 40% in a year, but I think that Tesla has such amazing long-term, like nothing is priced in from the, the future of Tesla yet. I don't care because if you told me that these plastic cups were able to get a read on data that said for whatever reason there's a narrative that more people want these cups than they did three months ago or six or nine, 12 months ago, and the company that makes only these plastic cups is having an insane court, I don't care about Tesla. I care about the plastic cup company at that moment in time. And then if yeah. it becomes the company that makes these hoodies, I really, I just don't care. I want- no, that's, And that's the point I was making about the price drop is that, you know, I'll, I'll take my statement back. And what makes me nervous about Tesla is the price drop in China. I would, I, I think I take the opposite position of that. I think that because the yeah. price has dropped, I want more Tesla stock. But if they, no, the problem is if they can sell all that they can sell, they're not going to drop the price. There'd be no reason to drop the no. price. So they're dropping price for a reason. There's just so many variables and it's really tough to understand yeah. what variables are going to be the marginal driver of interest in Tesla stock in any given month or any given uh, quarter. And I don't like that. I like it when I know that the marginal driver of interest in a stock is going to be them having more demand or less demand for that single product that they sell, that it's somewhat reasonable to get a sense of what that is because of tracking comments and search traffic and, you know, web traffic. I, I just, I, I love what I do and I hate these kind of larger companies where you don't even know what the market wants or what they think at any moment in time. It's just so tough. It's a different style of investing. I have no interest. I do own some Tesla still, but just not in, into it. 
Uh, how's the ice cream shop been profitable? Well, that that's, you know, the ice cream shop is brand new and we're still trying to figure out what the right business model is. We just launched a really exciting experience at the New York ice cream shop, Catching Ice Cream. You can book tickets starting yesterday, I think. So I think we just had our first ticket booked where you have a full 30 minute uh, behind the counter ice cream experience. You get to go behind the counter and make your own artisan ice cream balls, and then you get to chop and fold them on the cold stone. It's literally the funnest thing you've ever done in your life. Uh, my daughter did it this weekend. She was on a trip to New York. It is awesome, and it's $38. So if you know of anyone going to New York this holiday season, or if any of y'all watching are going to New York, go to Catchin' Ice Cream. Uh, go to our website and book your ice cream experience. Like I promise you, you will not be disappointed. Uh, we kind of need that to work. For the New York ice cream store to be really lucrative for us. And it's because it's really hard to cover all the expenses of an ice cream shop in NoHo, Manhattan, just selling $7 balls of ice cream. So the experience thing is how we quickly pivoted and we're going to put a lot of focus on it. We'll, we'll see how it does. But early reviews are spectacular. People are like, this is literally the funnest thing I've ever done in the city of New York. We have had concierges tell us that this is the funnest thing that they have ever done in the city of New York, which is pretty amazing. So uh, this is not... I mean, it just, it, it's not something you get to even think about doing. You're going behind the scenes and getting to make your own ice cream with a famous TikToker who like, it's, it's, a, it's cool. He's not always, we don't guarantee that Dylan's going to be there when you book your session, but honestly, he's there every day and there's a pretty good chance he's going to be there. And if he is, he'll do the meet and greet, take photos, do all the fun stuff with y'all. But um, yeah, it, it, it's, it's been an interesting experience and we're hoping we have a big holiday season of people booking uh, behind the counter experience at Catch an Ice Cream in, in Manhattan. All right, somebody said. All right, guys, I got to go. I got to go. I don't want to do in. the earnings. What's that? Three minutes. So uh, we've got we'll to wrap that. it up. Say thanks for watching, and yeah. we'll see you back here very soon. Subscribe if you haven't already. Smash the like button on your way out. We're done, money. We'll see you next time.